Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to CMA's ColonialHonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show. Live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everyone. Monday morning on the Sports King. Uh, hope you had a great weekend, a restful weekend. Of course, uh, so much going on as we continue uh, to wait another day, hoping for news of any kind that something positive will happen in terms of not only a national and worldwide scale in terms of the COVID situation, but also on the sports world, hoping for more and more positive news. And we're starting to see some things, not all things, but we're hopeful that things will start to take shape. Of course, still a major league impasse at the major league baseball level. We'll talk about that momentarily. Coming up, Mike Neville with his unique take on sports and the sports world. And in hour two, you're going to want to miss, uh, not miss this one. This is an interview with a young man named Vaughn Mansfield, a young man that had his promising NFL career cut short uh, as he was training for an NFL combine Many years ago, he was struck by a vehicle while helping a motorist. We want to talk to him about his perseverance and what has helped him get through the tough times and what message he has for everyone today. It's a story you don't want to miss here on the Sports King Show coming up at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. I want to let you know we are excited that some sports are coming back over the weekend. It was the Colonial and, of course, an exciting finish there in terms of the overall play, you saw the Colonial and you saw it in a unique aspect in terms of no fans. That is something that uh, I would like because if I played, I wouldn't get booed. So that would be great for me uh, if I hit a bad shot, which would happen quite a bit. But it was a great day for Daniel Berger, a guy that finished up uh, with a 66 in round four, collects $1,350,000 and, of course, 500 FedEx points for winning the Colonial. Colin uh, Morikawa finished second. Bryson DeChambeau third. Justin Rose fourth. Jason Cockrack fifth. Xander Shoffley sixth. Patrick Reed tied for seventh. Uh, disappointed to see Je- Jordan Spieth, uh, one of my favorites. I was pulling for him, uh, hoping he returns to his game. 
He finished with a 71, ended up 11 under. So he finished four shots back. So, you know, all in all, you know, you're looking at the Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas. It came off without a hitch. Of course, uh, the big thing for me was very eerie watching golf with no fans. That's going to take a little while to get used to there. Hopefully not too long. Hopefully fans can get back. And you think in an outdoor environment, it would be something where fans would be able to congregate, stay six feet apart. Golf, you think, in an outdoor setting would be one of the easier things to navigate. Evidently, not so easy right now. But uh, let's say everybody had to wear a mask. Uh, that would be tough, too, because you're outdoors. Uh, or if it's just a six-foot situation where you stay six feet away. Uh and we hope that uh, by the time we get to some other tournaments, they will have it all figured out there. But uh, that's the situation. So Daniel Berger uh, played well, of course, won almost nearly $1.4 million, a great weekend for him. And it's funny to see him at the end uh, taking selfies of himself because nobody's around him. So basically that was that. Uh, I want to let you know that golf tournament really, really made you feel good to see something on television. Uh, and like I say, it's getting to the point with NASCAR. You're excited about that. You're excited about the UFC. We're starting to slowly see things integrate back. But then again, you look at Major League Baseball, and I'm telling you right now, absolutely a disgrace, uh, just a complete disgrace. It doesn't get uh, any worse than what we're going through with baseball because as I've gone on record saying, they can't get along enough to get a deal done. Somebody's got to have, and you look at the Bowie Coons and the, uh, the guys that have been there before, some of the Peter Ubrall, some of the guys that really had great negotiating abilities. Rob Manford, and let's face it, uh, Ben Maitland and I agree, he's, he's terrible. He's awful. He's not a negotiator. He needs somebody in there that can get a deal done. The key job as a commissioner is to keep the machine running forward, to keep things going well, to make sure it's like a fine oiled machine, that it doesn't stop. Major League Baseball, the great American game, hangs in the balance right now. I was hopeful for a July 4th restart. That doesn't look like it's even close to happening. These guys can't even get on the same sheet of music. That's the problem with Major League Baseball. Players want this. Owners want this. Uh, management, Upper management can't seem to get it right. You get in a room, and I don't care how long it takes. One side's here, one side's there. Have food brought in, whatever you have to do. You stay in there, you hammer out a deal. That's the art of negotiation, not one of these. We're not in a situation now, folks, because you're losing games every day where you say, well, you know, let's get together another week from now and another week and another week. Next thing you know, you should cancel the whole thing because it's just getting beyond ridiculous that grown men that are paid to play – and you have upper management that their sole job is to make sure this thing can come off. And don't get me wrong. I know negotiation has to go both sides. Everybody has to get something. But to say, well, you know, we didn't get anything this time. We didn't get anything this time. Uh, Jeff Passon, of course, ESPN does an outstanding job covering this. Every time I see this guy talk, he says the same thing. It's like a rewind of a tape. And I could play the same tape from yesterday as I could a week ago. He says, it's an impasse. Nobody seems to want to move. Nobody wants to give. Well, when that happens, you're not getting anything done in negotiations. Anybody out there listening, and if you have thoughts, give us a call. 804-327-0888 is the number. When you have a negotiation, that means you have to work. And sometimes you have to give. Nobody wants to give. And uh, as 
Carlton Raymond, who called me over the weekend, uh, voicing his displeasure with the world of sports, he said, I think sports is done for 2020. He's so disgusted. He said, I can't believe that people can't get this right. And I had uh, read to Karsik from West Virginia saying to me this weekend, I am just over it. He said, I just wish these guys would uh, have a season canceled and have to go out and be forced to work in the regular jobs that regular people have to, to maybe get back and get centered and say, you know what, maybe we were blessed. Maybe we did have a position that made more than the average American will ever see. And therefore, we should get back and just take what we can for this year in a truncated season and basically do something for America. But, you know, that makes too much sense. We're not going to do that. They don't want to do that. It's all about the almighty dollar. And we welcome back to the show our uh, resident expert, uh, Mike Neville, of course, MHN Productions, the owner, longtime broadcaster. Mike, uh, great things this weekend. On the one hand, Daniel Berger with a big win at the Colonial, of course, winning that one, uh, 15 under. Great to see there. A little eerie, though, Mike, with nobody behind the ropes, uh, something we're all going to have to get used to. But as Ben was talking earlier, maybe our next tournament or so, they'll be able to figure out a way. I would think the outside venue would be perfect to allow fans to get back in. Yeah, it was uh, really strange. You know, we're used to hearing good shots, uh, you know, the oohs and the ahs or the missed putts and uh, so forth, but uh, didn't have any of that, of course, uh, going on. And then when Berger won, you know, he did uh, shake his uh, caddy's hand, but then he had to do the elbow bump with uh, the uh, runner-up and uh, so forth. But, uh, yeah, it was a little eerie, but uh, great job. But, um, boy, it was a uh, star-studded field to start the day, the uh, final round. You had uh, Rory McIlroy in contention. You had Jordan Spieth. Uh, Varner, of course, was also in contention. And uh, those guys kind of went by the wayside. I mean, they got off to a rough start and faded very quickly. And Jordan Spieth, uh, uh, the young man we talked about, um, I think, last week about him being in contention. It's great for the game of golf. But, boy, he just cannot close out the deal anymore and uh, really struggled over the weekend, especially yesterday in that final round. He got it going a little bit on the back nine. But, uh, yeah, Daniel Berger, an up-and-coming uh, uh, one of those youngsters on the uh, tour that's uh, making a name for himself, I believe his third win of his career. And uh, he got a feel for the uh, runner-up because he missed a, a putt that was about four feet and uh, just uh, tapped a little bit too hard, and it spun out. And uh, he was uh, sick to, uh, in that first playoff hole. But uh, and the congratulations to Berger to pick up that victory. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see golf back and uh, nice to see a live sporting event for once yeah i don't understand these guys of course burger 1.4 million for four days i mean uh, <laughs> if i did that you'd have to have a plastic surgeon take the smile off my face i mean it's one of those things where you have to be so happy for the young man to win his third tournament uh mike you see that and then let's go over to something that uh you know i get texts all weekend people asking me updates that i don't have anything to give them because i literally have no answers here on the baseball front william boozer from down in the carolinas one of our facebook live watchers has said why don't they just lock them in the room and say don't come out without a deal that's a great idea i i propose that i can't believe as we talked about Bowie coon and the uh, Peter Uber also the world, the great negotiators that got a lot done, uh, and they always seem to come up with what was right for baseball. And of course, they were contentious at times, but they got it done. But now, as Ben and I were talking, uh, this guy, Rob Manford, doesn't seem to be capable of getting these guys to get a deal. And that's his primary job to make sure things flow continually. And Major League Baseball is no closer. Jeff Passett from ESPN, every time I see this guy, he just looks more depressed than the time before because he said there's literally no movement whatsoever. Literally no movement whatsoever. Every day the same story. And this is a situation It looks like it's just going to 
wash away. There will be no baseball in 2020, Mike, the way it's going, unless somebody gives something and negotiation, you have to give something. But right now it looks like neither side wants to give anything. Well, Jamie, the repercussions also uh, for next season. I mean, I believe they're going to be uh, they're going to try to negotiate, uh, you know, a CBA agreement, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for next year and beyond. So, I mean, this this could have repercussion beyond this year into next year. They may be striking next year. So, uh, baseball is in a mess right now. And uh, as we've talked many times, missed out on a golden opportunity to, uh, you know, be the sport uh, to along with NASCAR. Uh, to get the TV ratings and stuff now, uh, even if they do come back, uh, you know, what what is a fan, uh, you know, the average fan probably is uh, not going to go in some form of protest and uh, so forth. So, I mean, they're just hurting themselves. And, uh, you know, their TV ratings were down to begin with and the fans were down a little bit. Uh, to begin with, so uh, this is not helping the situation. And Rob Manford does not look like the uh, type of commissioner like uh, uh, David Stern was back in his day. And, uh, you know, that just uh, hunkers down and says, guys, we're going to get this done. You know, it just doesn't look like he has that personality. And uh, so it's going to be interesting. As I've said before, I just uh, I think the more and more each day passes, uh, it's getting more and more likely we're not going to see any baseball uh, this season. Well, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that's not the case, but it certainly looks that way. I've got to ask you this. Uh, over the weekend, uh, you know, reading the headlines in the, both the business side and also in the sports side, and I saw this, Ohio State football players and their parents were asked to sign an acknowledgement of risk of waiver regarding the coronavirus pandemic before returning to campus for voluntary workouts on June 8th, according to Athletic Director Gene Smith from Ohio State. The Buckeye Pledge is what they're calling it, Mike, obtained and reported by the Columbus Dispatch, asked players to help stop the spread of COVID-19 and accept that quote, I may be exposed to COVID-19 and other infections, end quote. By signing a two-page electronic pledge, players agree to testing and potential self-quarantining, monitoring for symptoms, reporting any potential exposure in a timely manner to practice Center for Disease Control and Prevention Guidelines, such as wearing a mask and practicing safe social distancing. So here's the situation here on the sports side. Uh, you've seen uh, things about, uh, they're talking about on the Republican side, uh, the, the Trump team has said, hey, You've got to sign waivers if you come to one of our rallies. You have to sign waivers if you're going to a football uh, facility now in Ohio State. That should just be the tip of the iceberg there. But let me ask you this. Where does it end? Is it going to be when we go to the movies, we have to sign a waiver? When we go out to eat, we sign a waiver? I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to be funny about this because it's very serious, but it looks more and more like businesses and, and stadiums and places like this don't want to be held liable because if I catch something here or catch something there, they're afraid of being sued. But is this going to be the wave of the future in terms of the sports world? I believe it is because this, it's, that's the world, world we're living in. Uh, you know, people want to sue at the drop of a hat. And, uh, you know, you can't blame these organizations and institutions for uh, wanting to have those waivers signed because they don't want someone to come back and, you know, try to get a $10 million uh, lawsuit against them. So, I mean, I certainly understand where they're coming from, and the, it's the new norm, I guess, but it uh, wouldn't surprise me if you had to do, have to do that for movies and restaurants and so forth because uh, of this situation. It's just uh, I look at this pandemic and just I, I'm just amazed at how every industry that is affected by it. And, uh, yeah, I think this is something you're going to see. Uh, because they've got to cover their 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 behinds because they don't want to like say they don't want to be hit with a lawsuit and you know that uh, the uh, this day and age that is one of the first things that people do uh, if you've ever been in a car accident or anything like that boy you want to get all the information and you want to get as detailed as you can because you don't want any uh, 
anything to come back to uh, to haunt you, you know. So, uh, like I say, I do believe that that's uh, going to be something you're going to continue to see as uh, we hopefully get closer and closer to uh, gains and uh, uh, kind of a back to a uh, somewhat normal life. Our special guest, Mike Neville, owner of MHN Productions and longtime broadcaster. And uh, Mike, Big Al on Sports Phone, of course, live 8 to 10 before me. Uh, had me on momentarily at the very end of his show today talking about the Redskins and the name, and he thinks it may change uh, due to pressure, the way things are going. And it was many months ago, and I spoke with Mark Mosley over the weekend, and he mentioned that he and Daniel Snyder and a contingent from the Redskins, uh, Upper Brass, went to the Native Americans at various reservations and met with different groups, and they were all on board saying that there were other issues that they need of course, needed more help with, and it wasn't a driving force. It didn't bother them to the degree that it bothers maybe some other people. And people come down on this on both sides. Daniel Snyder is going on record saying as long as he owns this team, he will not change the name. Big Al was of the point that maybe with the Bob Dylan song times, they are a changing, that maybe times have changed to where he's going to have to or, or be in position where he will. I don't see this ever changing in terms of while he owns this team. He's going on record saying he supported this team since he was five years old. He loves this team. It's that team name uh, that he loves so much, and he's not going to change it. Your take on this situation, do you feel there will be any effect uh, from the pressure of what's going on now from a worldwide view, and do you think it will just continue as is? Well, if you'd asked me this about five years ago, I said it's pretty set in stone that the Redskins are not going to be changing the name. But if I had to give a percentage now, Jamie, I think maybe we're looking at 60-40 that they're going to see a name change because I think the uh, pressure is going to mount uh, continually. Uh, it's kind of died off, but I think it's coming back now, and I think it's going to be something we're going to continue to hear about. Uh, I personally, um, I think it's fine, but uh, you know, uh, in a, you know, like you said, uh, there's a lot of Native Americans that uh, feel it is offensive, but there's also a lot that uh, really don't uh, think it's that bad. So, uh, but if you were to ask me this, uh, like I said. Uh, Five years ago, I said, no, there's no way. But I'm kind of, you know, pressure mounts and uh, pressure on leagues, pressure on the owner. Uh, it's maybe uh, maybe 50-50, 60-40 that uh, we could see a name change in the next uh, two or three years. When you think about this, you look at the sports teams in Washington. Of course, uh, we had uh, Ken Paradiso from down in Carolina said, why don't they name him the Washington Americans? Well, I said, hey, uh, you know, that's a great name and all, but it's like, the team name has been something synonymous with the team, and you're so used to supporting that team. And uh, I've always looked at it from a standpoint of the strong, rugged name and trying to look at both sides and uh, what it brings historically and trying to take in everybody's account. And, of course, the team you root for and cheer for, but you have to be cognizant and aware. You don't want to offend anybody along the way. And then you look at the Washington Bullets, my favorite team growing up, my all-time favorite team, of course, uh, winning a world title. And now it's the Washington Wizards, which I hate the name. I've never liked the name. I, I just think it's uh, uh, something I can't get behind. I just don't care for it. I just love that team name, and I love what they did. They were speedy, flashy. They did everything great, shot the ball, played great defense, did it all. But now they changed it to the Wizards. Okay, so that's there. It just seems like uh, there's so much going on right now in terms of the way of the world, and you don't want to offend anybody. I, I'm hearing things this weekend that – uh, and you can have your take any way, any side you're on and so forth. Uh, as far as the certain situations like Palm Patrol has now canceled the cartoon with the, the officer that's a dog, things like that. 
and you say to yourself, okay. How can you cancel Chase? I don't understand. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I can say, I don't know. Uh, And then uh, there's shows like The Law and Order and various other shows, SUV, some great dramas and crime dramas because they're police affiliated and they're showing scenes that are trying to be real to life. They're all being canceled. So there'll be no more police type shows for the near future. So, you know, understandable in the environment and you don't want to offend anyone, but at the same time, the realism of these shows, uh, they're trying to do it as close to what the realism is, but you have to understand both sides of the fence, but it seems like so much now is being, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's really to a point where, um, you know, offending folks, anybody out there, you don't want to do that. And so much is coming down now that, um, you know, every day you're learning more and more about, of course, the statues from the past. Some people, historians are like, you know, you can't change history. These guys made history and made what it, you know, life is today in terms of winning these battles and wars. And that's why these monuments were erected. And the other people are like, they were from that time where you shouldn't uh, go back and talk about those times or so tear it down. So there are two sides of the coin, but it just seems right now with the way things are, you know, everything's so fluid and everything seems to be changing uh, every day. You know, nothing surprises me, Mike, I'm telling you from day to day, seeing what's happening and it's to be expected, but it just leaves you thinking uh, the more like the Atlanta Braves, they came under fire. And of course, Braves and the baseball team synonymous with greatness for so long. And you wonder about, of course, Cleveland Indians had their mascot changed and so many things. And it looks like it's going to just keep going in that direction. Um, your take on this. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, with TV fall lineup, you might have The Bachelor and then a bunch of game shows. That might be what our TV viewing looks like in the fall and uh, maybe a uh, sitcom here and there. But uh, like I said, uh, it it is a changing world, and I think there's a lot of pressure coming from all sides. And it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Daniel Snyder, if he can stick to his guns and say, I'm going to keep the Redskin name, but uh, it's going to be very difficult, I think. But uh, it is unbelievable how this, uh, like you say, from day to day, it changes. You just never know what uh, what's going to pop up next and what's going to be, uh, you know, become controversial and so forth. So uh, that's the way it is. But like I say, uh, I tend to hope that uh, Daniel Snyder sticks to his guns and that the Redskins will be able to keep that name because it is so synonymous with uh, the National Football League. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, uh, of course, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat of a Redskin fan, but not, not as passionate as you are. But uh, it's certainly... Uh, would not make me happy, and I know a lot of my friends that are Redskin fans are uh, against uh, the name change, but uh, let's see where it goes. But like I said, I really think the pressure is going to be continuing to mount here in the next year, year and a half, two years, and uh, I would not be shocked if we see a name change, uh, like say within two years, maybe three years, uh, with the uh, Washington Redskins. And we're going to take a timeout right now. You're listening to the Sports King on a Monday morning. When we come back with Mike Neville, we're going to talk about the return of the NBA, the Lakers got together they say there's no divide they're coming on strong and are they the team to beat we're going to find out from mike neville as the sports king rolls on monday morning hi this is cup of virginia native keith mr jennings formerly of the golden state warriors and you are listening to a man who can shoot the three almost as good as me it's the sports king jamie king on sports 106.1 Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome. 
Welcome back, everyone. Monday morning. We welcome you back to the Sports King Show. Our special guest, Mike Neville, MHN Productions. He's the owner, longtime broadcaster. He's seen it all. High school, college, pros. He's done it all. And we welcome him back on the conversation about the NBA. And it was Kyrie Irving on a phone call, formerly of the Celtics, Mike. And they were talking about the fact about players coming back. And Irving, who's not even going to come back, said there's only 20 guys actually getting paid. The system set up to divide us. When you look beneath the surface of the NBA, without the max pay system, the disparity between superstars and common players would be large. In basketball, top players have a disproportionate impact in winning and marketing, yet the league structure caps their wagers below what they get on a more open market. Case in point, the 40th highest paid player earns $26 million. Mike, the 40th higher, big man LaMarcus Aldridge from the Spurs. That's the Spurs. The 80th highest paid player earns $15 million. That's Hawk center Clint Capella. The 160th highest NBA player earns $7 million. That's Wizards forward David uh, Davis Bertrands. So you're looking at that and the rookie minimum, folks. Now, you'd have to struggle with this. I know everybody listening out there, Sports 1061 and on Facebook Live. If you're a rookie in the NBA, you would have to find a way to eke out a living with a paltry sum of $893,310 if you can make it through a year. Not sure. So Irving says, basically, don't play. You shouldn't play. Don't show up to Disneyland. Don't go there. Don't do it. Your take on this situation, and the guy that is listening to this, the guy that really is buying into this, so far is Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard has basically said through his agent that, you know, this is not about basketball and basically with the social injustice and racism aspect, the agent Charles Briscoe for Howard said, everybody's still talking about whether basketball should or shouldn't be played. He isn't saying that it shouldn't. He's just saying you should not be taking away attention from what's going on in the country. So basically, Dwight Howard is still, at this point, a no-go for the Lakers, which is a big part of their bench. So when you look at this, Mike, what's your take? I mean, when you look at the money that uh, these guys are making, do they have any real – of course, they want to change things from a justice standpoint and an injustice standpoint. We understand that. And uh, we wish them well, and we want to have success there. But don't you feel in many cases they can have a bigger impact on the court and do interviews and uh, do more things there to raise – funds to help the Black Lives Matter movement and some other things they want to do versus sitting on the sidelines. What's your take? Yeah, well, this is why uh, the last couple of uh, days or last week, I guess, uh, I've kind of seen a different tone from the NBA players, and I'm not so sure they're going to start up now. Of course, LeBron James is the voice in the NBA. Uh, you know, the NBA uh, is going to listen to him, and if he wants to play, they're probably going to play. But I do see a little bit of a momentum gaining here with regard to not wanting to play under because of the circumstances in the world, also because of the threat of the coronavirus and so forth. So I think Irving is getting a little bit of momentum from his uh, case, uh, Dwight Howard being the latest, as you mentioned. But, uh, again, 
I think they'll play, but I do. It is getting a little bit more to the point where they, you know, I could also see the uh, players say, you know what, we're not going to risk it, and we're, you know, we're going to continue to, uh, you know, ha- uh, take part in these protests and so forth. So it's really a, a, t- a difficult situation for the players and the owners. But uh, I do see a little bit of momentum that Kyrie Irving is generating with his comments. And again, you got to watch and see what LeBron James, uh, how he handles it and what his uh, take is, because he's kind of like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was back in the day and uh, Kobe Bryant and Magic and uh, Larry, those guys kind of, behind the scenes were kind of uh, controlling the league and uh, putting in their two cents worth. So we got to see what LeBron says uh, and see if, in fact, because I think he may tilt whether the NBA returns to play or whether they uh, do not play this year. So it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, dynamic to see what happens. One Laker player, of course, as Mike just mentioned, is opposed, not opposed to the NBA restart is uh, the King James, LeBron James. The L.A. Clippers' Patrick Beverly on Sunday echoed James' desire to play, uh, tweeted out, Hoopsters say all you want. If King James says he's hooping, we all hooping. Not personal, only business. <laughs> Hashtag stay woke. So Patrick uh, Beverly wants to play. Uh, King James wants to play. It's one of those things where the top uh, linchpin in the deal, if that domino falls, you think everybody's going to fall in line. If King James says, let's go, we're going to go. Apparently so yep. far he's yep. all on board. Dwight Howard isn't possibly. So what I'm saying in terms of let's say some key cogs to some of these teams and let's say you have a vested interest, you're a betting man out there and you want to bet on your favorite team, but maybe a frontline guy or a second uh, guy off the bench says, I'm not going to play. All of a sudden, you're looking at teams and trying to figure out who can match up and who can play in these series. That's where I think this 22-team situation could really go topsy-turvy because if you don't have all of your uh, key cogs, then you have another team that does it puts you at a decided disadvantage and sometimes could lay, uh, level the playing field. So, therefore, uh, you really have to more or less see who's showing up and who's not before you can determine really who might have a shot at winning this all. Well, that's what I was talking about. Uh, with, you asked me about some dark horses and some sleepers. Uh, that's why I think Philadelphia getting uh, Embiid back and getting Simmons back healthy and Al Horford's knee healing. That's why I think that they're a uh, sleeper team to deal with and some other players that are getting healthier. And also this benefits LeBron James because he's getting up there in age, but he's had this breakdown. He'll probably come back refreshed, so you have to think the Lakers are the favorites just because of that. And, of course, uh, LeBron didn't make the playoffs last year, so he's able to have an offseason after eight straight trips, I believe, to the finals. So, again, uh, with that rest, you have to think the Lakers and um, the other L.A. team, the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard getting some rest as well. So a lot of these veterans getting rest uh, is a huge benefit if they do, in fact, come back and play. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, and like you say, and then there's some guys, I believe the NBA has said that if you don't play, that's okay. We're, we, we understand, and uh, you won't be penalized in any way. I believe that's what I've heard about uh, the NBA. So, you know, so you may have somebody, a uh, star player, say, you know what, I'm uh, not going to play for this season and come back. Uh, hopefully everything's calmer and, and next year, you know. But, again, it's, it should be interesting to see what happens with regard to some of these veteran players, uh, especially the older ones who, uh, you know, uh, they're going to come back pressured or not come back at all and waste, uh, I hate to use the word waste, but kind of waste a year in getting ready for next season. It should be a real interesting dynamic to see what happens with uh, these players and which ones come back and which ones don't. 
Just uh, checking the scorecard so all of our listeners are in tune with what's going on. Major League Baseball looks like a complete impasse. NBA, or there's some cracks in the armor right now, as Mike Neville just alluded to. Is it possible that key players may say, no, let's not do it, and let's listen to Kyrie and a strong voice throughout the NBA and say we're going to sit it out? Wouldn't they possibly sit out in the NBA? So that's two leagues kind of hanging in the balance. NBA has said we're coming back, so we just take them at their word and hope that the 22-team situation works out as planned at Disneyland. College football, still don't know. We're still hopeful as some people are starting to return to facilities in small groups. The NFL, we see coaches starting to slowly come back. Of course, only so many people allowed back right now. Players are not back in facilities yet. You've got the NHL, which I was thinking over the weekend, Mike, with the cold temperature on the ice and the fact that, yes, uh, the face shields and so forth, they're wearing most of them. I think that'd be more mandatory now than ever. But literally, other than the fisticuffs where you get in close contact, and I know you're banging guys at times, I would think the NHL would have a very good chance at success with this situation to keep guys separated because they're not leaning on each other throughout with the skating and the open ice. Your take on the NHL coming back, do you foresee any problems uh, on the frozen ice? Uh, well, that, that that might be a problem. Frozen ice in the middle of July and into August, that might be a problem. They might be using water skis to get around uh, <laughs> because uh, those arenas are going to be tough to, to keep cool. But uh, I think that, seriously, I think that the ice is really the only uh, uh, major problem because, like I say, trying to keep the arenas cool. And if you allow, say, 1,200 to 1,500 to 5,000 fans in, that's going to add heat to the building. So it's going to be interesting to see from that standpoint. But I'm with you as far as uh, getting back at it. I think the NHL might have the best chance to just uh, for the uh, situations you alluded to. You know, they'll be, they're still going to be checking and so forth. And, you know, the fisticuffs are not, I mean, you may see a little bit of it, but it's it, for the most part, you don't see a lot of fighting in the NHL anymore like you did back in the day of the, the Broad Street bullies with Philadelphia and, and uh, Boston and so forth. But uh, So I'm with you. Uh, the other league, Jamie, that is going to be, in my opinion, and Jim Harbaugh, um, of the uh, one of the Harbaugh's is a Jimmer, uh, the one Jim, from yep, Baltimore. Yep, uh, yep, Jim. Uh, he he brought up that it's going to be virtually impossible for uh, them to do uh, what the NFL wants them to do with regard to protecting players, because especially at the beginning, because you've got 90 players on the roster to start out with, because you got to pare it down to your 53 man roster. And I feel sorry for some of these guys because they're talking about reducing the preseason from four down to two games. That's going to hurt a lot of potentially really good players uh, that might, may not make squads. Uh, these uh, Some of these teams uh, are pretty much set in their roster, and there's very few openings. So, and uh, But I just don't know how the NFL is going to monitor this. Been, they've been great with regard to free agency and the draft, but now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty where you're actually going to have to open up facilities and have these players come in. But you know, Jamie, being around football and being a successful coach back in your day, when you have a, a, you know, if you have a meeting, a team meeting, especially with a preseason, you've got, say, sort of say 25 players at one position or 15 players at one position. How are you going to keep them socially distanced in a, a room? You sometimes a lot of facilities don't have those kind of rooms that they can accommodate that kind of a scenario. So, I, you know, the NFL, I, I applaud them for kind of continuing their business, but now we're getting down to, you know, getting on the field and practicing and performing. And I just, it's going to be very difficult for the NFL to do it. I'm not sure they've given that a lot of thought. Maybe they have. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure they have. But 
it's going to be very difficult for the NFL, in my opinion, to start out with with that 90-man roster and paring you down. And like, like I say, if you take away those two preseason games, uh, a lot of a lot of fans don't like the preseason. Some do, uh, and some think that four games is too much. And in a normal scenario, I agree with that. But this year is kind of different. And I think it's going to penalize some of the uh, fringe players or, you know, some of the fifth, sixth, seventh round players that had a shot but now might not be able to uh, show off their skills. You know, Mike, I couldn't agree more. And from a coaching standpoint, you know, I could hold my play sheet over my mouth to where, you know, I can talk to a quarterback or receiver or tell something. But the one thing about it I want folks to remember out there in the NFL – Think about uh, a situation when uh, Drew Brees goes to an Atlanta. What they do, the loudness of the arena is so much that the players have to literally take their huddle formation and squeeze it in even tighter to where they're literally two feet apart, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm not saying the quarterback is – uh, spitting, but you know, things come out of his mouth. You never know. And sure. you never know when he's sure. barking out things that close in proximity. If somebody's infected and the screaming back and forth, I didn't hear that, Drew. What was that call? And he's calling out a line call and they're that close in the huddle because they can't hear because you got 70,000 people if you get all the fans back. And so that's another scenario because you've got to hear things out. We're going to talk about this and much, much more. Also, Ken, uh, we appreciate uh, his comments. I'm going to get Mike's take on this. Ken on Facebook down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina says that greedy athletes, if they don't show up for work, the fans will remember and the fans won't return. He's one of them. We'll talk about that and much, much more as the Sports King rolls on Monday morning. Hi, sports fans. This is Hall of Famer Andre the Hawk Dawson of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to a guy who hits a home run with every show. It's the Sports King with Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. And welcome back Monday morning on the Sports King, heading to the 11 o'clock hour, finishing it up with Mike Neville. Before we do, we're going to head down to Tampa uh, on the Sports King Hotline, we've got Kevin calling in from Tampa. Something about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, hey, doing, Jamie. I just want to let you know I love your show, and I've got a question for you. Go Maybe ahead. Maybe you can answer. It's a hypothetical. Okay. Uh, I've been watching Twitter quite a bit lately since uh, Tom Brady and Gronk have come to the team, and Brady's been shooting texts to Edelman. 
little, little tiny, like, teaser text. What do you think the chances are? I bet my brother Mark on this. What do you think the chances are that Edelman doesn't make camp, gets cut, and then Brady is known to take pay cuts? So will Gronk to get Edelman in the Bucks also. Oh, wow. We're getting conspiracy theories going on now. Now, while I know you'd love that. It's a hypothetical, I know, but I'm just saying he's been shooting tweets, little tweets to Edelman that I've been watching. No, uh, it's almost like he's teasing them. Yeah, I think the tease is there. I think the request would be great. I think it would be perfect. Get the band back together. I just don't see Belichick letting him go. He's lost enough there offensively. I think losing Gronk, losing Brady, he's going to have to restructure that offense and lose Edelman I think would be a real major blow for that offense, as you can imagine. But if Arians was able to work it out and throw some kind of number or somehow he does sit out and he's able to get signed by Tampa, it would be a major coup for them. I bring in Mike Neville real quick. Mike, uh, Kevin from Florida with a great question uh, on this Edelman deal. You've heard similar things. Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's just conjecture at this point? Well, I got to give Kevin kudos because I have, I, of course, I don't follow Tampa Bay, but I have not heard that. But that's a great point, and it would not surprise me at all if that scenario played out where Edelman somehow wiggles out of New England and heads down south to Tampa Bay. Uh, Edelman, of course, uh, had a terrific year last year, although the last couple of years he's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's taken a pounding in that slot position, but... uh, I think if Tom Brady wants him, Tom Brady's going to get him. So, uh, Kevin, that's a, like I said, that's a great point because I really, you know, the, the Gronkowski thing, uh, when that came up, that really didn't surprise me. But this would uh, kind of surprise me in a way. But, again, I, I think if Tom Brady uh, really pushes the issue, uh, Tom Brady's kind of like Peyton Manning back in the day. Uh, these quarterbacks, these elite quarterbacks, uh, when they want something, the uh, organizations try to get it for them. So, uh uh, I would say it's a. I'll, I'll go out and I'll go out and say it's better than a fifty-fifty shot that Edelman winds up in Tampa Bay. Hey Kevin, yeah, I got to ask you this: Maybe he won't make the camp. You know what I'm saying? Maybe right, he won't do right, well in yep. camp, and he might get cut by Belichick. Belichick's been known to cut players, also good players in uh, that's camp. That's true. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Kevin, let me get so your take on this. I'm thinking it's a possibility. Let me get your take real quick before I let you go. Tampa Bay, what do you think this year? Playoff bound? You think Brady and company enough to get them over the hump? Or do you think it's going to be uh, a, a much better team, but maybe not playoff? What's your take on what you're hearing down there? I think it's going to be the first home team to win a Super Bowl at home. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Am I going up there? Am I out there? Hey, listen, the defense... Winston put them last year in, in a bad position all the time by throwing interceptions. But they never lost a game by more than one than a single digit. Okay? All year long, okay. the games they lost by single digits. Winston threw 30 interceptions that put the defense in a bad place. Now, I think the defense this year, if you keep them in a good place with Brady, who can go to this check down, which I don't think Winston knows what a check down means. Okay, Brady will go to his <laughs> check down or he'll throw it away. You know what I mean? Winston didn't do that. Winston just hauled the ball, and safety just sat out there, and they just, you know, they loved it like they were playing center field. And uh, that's the problem that we had. It, you know, I mean, I think the Bucks could have went a lot better with one with one less interception per game uh, since they only lost by single digits. So that's the only reason why I'm saying that. And I think wow. that was Tom Brady's goal to have that on his record also. Kevin, thanks First for the call. quarterback. Hmm? I say thanks for the call. That's great uh, feedback there. Uh, here it is, uh, Kevin saying 
That Lombardi Trophy heading down south, Mike Neville. I got to ask you this. And by the way, you got it wrong, Mike. It's not Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay, as in Tampa Brady. Come on, get it right. Uh, but he's <laughs> saying these Bucks are ready to go the distance. I don't see that. I see them marketably better. I see them playoff better. I just don't. I mean, you got too many groups at the top there with, of course, uh, Kansas City, Baltimore. Uh, I think the Saints. I, I just see too many roadblocks. Your thoughts? Well, Tampa Bay in that division alone. I mean, that is a. By, by the way, great insight on Kevin. I mean, I'll tell you, he's, he he knows his team. I love it when fans uh, know their teams that well and uh, give that kind of insight. He's right about that defense. They're a very good defense, uh, and he's also right about Winston. Just you know putting him in bad situations, but uh, I, I can't see Tampa Bay going all the way. They're going to be improved, but that division, I mean, is a tough division to begin with, with New Orleans, and I think Atlanta's coming on. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, they played well late in the season last year. Carolina's rebuilding, but uh, uh, I don't know if they can go all the way. Plus, again, let's remember, he, Brady is a veteran quarterback, but he's still – He's in a new system, new coach, and so forth. And usually when you have that scenario, it's, it doesn't pan out that successful. So I'm not sure it's going to be that successful, even though Brady has all that experience and so forth. But again, uh, I will quantify that by saying, if anybody can do it, Tom Terrific, of course, uh, the GOAT, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, uh, could do it. But uh, again, Kevin, great insight on about the, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely. And I just real quick, uh, my own producer, Ben Maitland, has, he always uses that phrase, good Jameis, bad Jameis. We talked about it last year quite a bit. You never <laughs> knew what you were going to get because week to week, you know, 30 up, 30 down. Uh, as a coach, I can't stand a guy, I can't protect the football. Brady will do that. And great insight, as you said, about Kevin, because he's talking about those single digit losses that maybe things could have turned around with somebody protecting the ball. So we're going to watch that. Great call, Kevin. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, Mike, got to ask you this. Denny Hamlin comes home first at Homestead to get his 40th career victory, 40 victories for Virginia's own Denny Hamlin. He found the magic once again at the Homestead Miami Speedway. He took the lead for the final uh, time with 30 laps left to hold off Chase Elliott, another guy. Of course, uh, Bill Elliott's son. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. We can't forget about him. He's really coming on. Your thoughts about Hamlin with this win? He is really uh, doing well from a NASCAR standpoint. He's gotten better and better. Well, in the last five years, he has really been one of the top drivers in the circuit. Like you said, 40th Cup win, uh, Chase Elliott. Some uh, other names, Jamie, kind of some strange. Christopher Bell had a great run, a top 10 finish for him. William Byron also with another great run. And uh, Eric Amarola also with a nice run. Ryan Blaney finishing third. So uh, nice to see some different names uh, in the top 10 as opposed to the usual names we're uh, used to seeing. But uh, Kudos to Denny Hamlin, and again, very quiet 40 wins on the NASCAR scene. Yeah, you know, he led 137 to 267 laps on the one-and-a-half-mile track for Joe Gibbs Racing. The number 11 uh, Toyota, of course, finishing .0895 ahead of Elliott. When you look at that kind of dominance on the track, it looks like uh, this situation with uh, Hamlin, he's a guy always seems to be up near the front, and that Joe Gibbs team has just gotten better and better. Uh, this team overall is one you're going to have to watch throughout this year because Hamlin says, hey, I'm really hitting my stride. I really need to get through some traffic, and I just need to execute better. And it seems like things are going much better for that team. Well, how about Joe Gibbs? Huh? I mean, the success he had in the NFL, and now to uh, go to a different sport and have so much success there from really the get-go just shows you what a great Man, Joe Gibbs is as far as putting together teams, getting uh, coaching staffs in football, 
getting crew chiefs and getting the organization on the NASCAR level. I mean, I just have so much respect for Joe Gibbs and what he does uh, and what he's done in two different sports and uh, the success he's had. And uh, he uh, has got some great drivers, Denny Hamlin, of course, being one of them. And uh, Denny, I think, has already said, I'm in the hunt for a, for a NASCAR championship once again. But, uh, again, that, that Joe Gibbs organization, they are uh, red hot. They've been red hot for the last five to ten years in NASCAR. And I'll tell you, Joe Gibbs is just a remarkable, remarkable man in the way he handles people, and uh, both in football and in uh, NASCAR. And people in general, if you've ever met him, I've had the chance, I know you have, had a chance to meet him and talk to him. Uh, Just a down-to-earth guy who's very humble and, uh, you know, a great human being. And uh, you you love to see guys like that have success. And uh, he certainly has had it in two, two different sports. Mike, uh, football, the only quarterback uh, coach to win with three separate quarterbacks, three different quarterbacks, three Super Bowl champions, unbelievable, unheard of there. You go to NASCAR, he wins championships there. Uh, Folks, it doesn't happen by luck. This guy is a champion in every sense of the word, in every sense of the word, and he is the best in the business, in my opinion. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We can't thank you enough. Uh, We'll have you back on this week. And once again, have a great day. Thank you for all your insight. All right, Jamie, you and Ben be safe, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. You got it. To Mike Neville on MHN Productions, we thank you for joining us. Coming up, a story you don't want to miss, Vaughn Mansfield, the young man with an incredible story that you will want to hear. Coming up momentarily on The Sports King, right after these messages. Hi, this is Bart Oates, Super Bowl champion, center from the New York Giants. You're listening to The Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, president and general manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, Value your trade-in and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everybody. Monday morning on The Sports King. Have an interview com- coming up momentarily with a young man you don't want to miss. Uh, very, very uh, inspirational story of a young man who has come back from so much. Can't wait to talk to Vaughn Mansfield, our special guest, hour number two. Want to recap hour number one. Of course, thank Mike Neville for joining us. Uh, of course, uh, some of the discussion in hour number one centered around Daniel Berger winning at Colonial the golf tournament over the weekend. So that's exciting. The NBA talking about coming back. Some players not too sure. Some are sure. So it looks like the NBA will get off uh, uh, on time, we hope. Uh, We'll keep you up to date on that. College football, pro football starting to slowly come back. But we heard Ohio State has asked its players to basically sign waivers before coming back. So we'll basically see how that's going to go. Uh, nothing on the NHL. They're talking about uh, right now players practicing six at a time. That's where it's at. Uh, NASCAR is fully back without fans, going well. UFC over the weekend, some good matches there. 
that's going on every weekend, it seems, and they're doing some great things. So want to let you know all of those things are going well. And, of course, great question from uh, Kevin down in Tampa about Tom Brady earlier, uh, whether or not Julian Edelman will join uh, Tampa Bay or if he'll stay with New England. So we want to turn our attention now to a young man named Vaughn Mansfield. has an incredible story, and we welcome to the Sports King this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I want to thank Jason Lee, one of my former players. Jason, outstanding young man in his own right, uh, played for me on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, uh, Jason was incredible uh, team leader in every way, and also uh, his day job, he was a uh, photographer for the White House. So uh, he did a lot of amazing things and then uh, went from the White House to play for us, and it was an incredible experience working with him. And you got the opportunity to work with him at Hargrave Military Academy. And uh, you've got an incredible story, and uh, let's start back at Hargrave, and then you, of course, from the D.C. area. Can you talk about uh, – your story and what happened uh, leading you uh, up. And of course, you went to Hampton, had a great career there, and you were all set to go potentially to the NFL. You were looking, uh, being looked at as a player that really was uh, going to be able to make that transition. And then uh, uh, some things uh, set you back, and you had that accident. Can you talk about the, what led to everything and uh, your path leading up to that point? Yes, yeah, sir. So, I started off at Hargrave in 2002 and um, just met some all-world talent players there, um, which many played on the next level. Um, following, following Hargrave, I attended Utah State University. I was out in Utah for a total of a year and a half. And then I transferred to Hampton University. Um, Hampton University was nothing but, you know, it was nothing but the best. We started off my first year there. We went undefeated. And I think the next year we maybe lost one game. I mean, we had um, a number of pros on on that team as well. And my senior year at Hampton, I was, I played the entire season and I was ready to get ready for the NFL draft stuff. And I had gone down to Miami in order to go to the um, training camp down there with one of my fellow teammates who, um, who made that league and everything else. And it went the, the day before I was supposed to report to the camp a lady lost control of her car and hit the car that I was in while the car was parked. And that just changed my entire life completely. I was hospitalized from January to just about, I got back to DC the day before Father's Day. So I was in the hospital in Miami that entire time. Um, I was, I, Sustained a T6, T7 back injury, which currently has me in a wheelchair. And ever since then, I've been doing nothing but trying my best to fight to get out of the chair and, you know, just get back to 
more of a life that I had known. But I realized that, you know, while I'm here, I need to do something else because me just fighting for my health is not going to advance my life as much as I wanted to. So I went ahead and enrolled and got into graduate school. And I'm currently in graduate school in order to be a um, mental health counselor. When I spoke with you yesterday, what impressed me the most, our special guest, Vaughn Mansfield, who suffered a career-ending injury through an auto accident and left him paralyzed. He has battled back, worked so hard, and the one thing about it, uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, he has a YouTube channel. The guy inspires. And I told him yesterday the same thing I'll say now. Uh, every day he does something to inspire other people, despite his setback a guy that was potentially going to an NFL opportunity as a free safety, a guy that had the ability level and was being projected as coming into the league in a moment, it was wiped away. And he has done amazing things academically to be applauded. He's done things from a leadership standpoint to be applauded. And let me ask you this, because we all talk about taking every day and making sure you make the most of every day and, and don't take anything for granted. You have done that. Uh, despite the accident, you were on a plane going to a top level um, as a professional athlete, potentially, and then this happened. But you basically pulled yourself up and found the perseverance and the drive. And that's the thing that amazes me about what you're doing every single day, not only academically, but uh, in your leadership position. Can you talk about the kids and the parents out there listening now that uh, their sons or daughters may be going through tough times or challenges and so forth. And your advice to them uh, and the mindset you have in overcoming and just battling through anything and any adversity you may face. Well, from my standpoint and what I've always lived by, because life, I believe that life is never going to be easy. You'll never have your up without your downs in life for any of us. I mean, we think we can have a perfect life and you can have all the money in the world, but you can still have those times when you are down, when you're feeling down, when you're not feeling so many different ways. And the, the only thing that you can do is turn to God, period. And... The thing that I live by is breaking through obstacles. And I, I continuously say that so much on my YouTube channel is, you know, break through obstacles. Break through obstacles because there are going to be obstacles in everyone's lives. Mine started off as um, me having great grades in school, but... I didn't get my test scores on time. And that was an obstacle that stood in my way. And then when I finally got my test score, it was, it was as though I got my test scores too late. And that's how I ended up going to Hargrave, working through another obstacle, going there, playing with all this Division One talent around me. And what are you going to do? Are you going to fight to get where you want to go? And I, I've watched myself as well as my teammates take that next step into 
knowing what you want and going after it and not having a no-quit attitude. Some people would call it stubborn or whatever else, but by you not quitting, you're you're showing others that you are ready and that you are on another level that you can get to. There is always another level that we can all take to get to. It's just one step at a time, and you can't be afraid of it. And as long as God is in your corner, you, you'll never fail. Our special guest, Vaughn Mansfield, who suffered a career-ending uh, and uh, life-changing accident that he was in, and he was struck, and uh, his NFL aspirations uh, uh, ended there. But let me ask you this, and uh, talk to the, about the importance of education to you, because you have really gone after things on the graduate side, the graduate school you're in, and academically really going after it. The importance of academics, not only to athletes out there listening, but to you and how you took that competitive drive that you had as an athlete trying to get to the NFL, and you, you put that into all of your studies. Can you talk about that? Yes, sir. Well, um, as I was a youth coming up, I was not one to say I wanted to do school, I wanted to go to school, I wanted to go part of school, just like every other child that comes up. <coughs> Excuse me. You always want to, you know, you don't want to go to school. You just want to have fun. You want to play around. So you get in trouble, whatever else. You just, you just try your best to find your own way. For me, it didn't happen until high school for me to actually say that I'm going to do school and do it correctly and because I had aspirations of going to college. So I knew that in order to go to college, <clears throat> I had to go ahead and get my grades correctly and do right. And that's what I did. I, I turned it around for myself and actually Winning class, stop playing in class, stop talking to class, doing the work because I realized that without this work, I can't go to where I want to go. And I'm not, I know for a fact that my worst enemy, as every other person in the world's worst enemy, is the, the person in the mirror. That's the only person that can hold you back, is the person you see in the mirror. And if you get out of your own way, there's nobody or nothing that can stop you. And in order for me to move forward and progress so much more in my life now, I know that I need to go back to school and get my master's degree in order for me to have a career, not a job, but a career something that I can fall back on, something that I can, that would interest me and I would still be feeling like I'm not working. Because they say when you have a job that you don't feel like you're even working, it's like, you know, it's the easiest thing ever. And that's how I felt about football. Football wasn't work. Football was a game to me. It was something that God had given me the talent to do and if I can make money that way to support me and support my family, I was willing to do whatever I had to do to get it. 
And that's the same thing now. While I'm in school, 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 me not being in school for over 10 years, it started off so much harder for me. But now that I've been to school for this past year, it's shown me that, wow, I, uh, you know, I'm back, I'm, I'm back on course now and I see things actually falling into place the way they're supposed to be. And I feel so much better about it. Vaughn Mansfield, our special guest this morning, and uh, I just want to get your take uh, as an athlete, and of course you played at Hampton. You're seeing what's going on from a world perspective, and you see, uh, of course, right now, of course, we have the COVID-19 we're dealing with, a lot of racial strife throughout the country, and you provide daily messages, and uh, you have a show that we'll talk to uh, about in a moment, the uh, YouTube channel that you have. But you have all these messages of hope, and uh, could you give us one now in, in the world we have about uh, the races coming together more in, in your perspective uh, as an athlete who played at Hampton and has a unique perspective? Uh, you've been able to watch the world as it is now. What's your take and what's your thoughts on things as they are? Well, actually... It's just so crazy to see it all unfolding the way it is because it's like, I don't know if anybody ever seen roaches, but if you cut on the light and the roaches scatter, and that's how it feels to me because it's like someone did slip a switch and now you're seeing so many races, everything coming out from all types of different places, all types of different people. We're seeing people get fired for things that they have said years ago, for things that they have done years ago that was, I mean, acceptable. And now you see it, it's just like, oh, no, you're out of here. We got to get them out of here. We got to get that away from our program, away from our old team, anything like that. And it's so crazy because me, I have played with <laughs> all types of races. And once I left D.C., there was no full African-American team. It was all races, all cultures, all everything. And, it, I mean, it never bothered me. I mean, I would still see, you know, you can still see the uncomfortability in, in some people, and you still have to understand, you know, who you are. But as we go on now, it's just like everybody's trying to fall into the right side of, of the times that are going on. So everybody wants to be on the right side of, of history. So it's, it's very great to see, you know, the, all the different communities trying to align themselves and trying to all be on one side instead of having that line that you say, Hey, you're white. You stay over there. You're black. You stay over there. They're trying to, break that line and all come together, which is a great thing. 
And all I can do is pray that, it, you know, it continues to move forward and come together and bring us all together. Great thoughts from Vaughn Mansfield. Of course, his career, uh, his life changed uh, dramatically uh, due to an accident, left him paralyzed uh, with some great messages this morning. We're going to take a break, come back with Vaughn, and he has some information about his YouTube channel, something you should tune in. If you want inspiration, he's got it for you. We're going to talk about that and much, much more with our special guest, Vaughn Mansfield, formerly a star at Hampton University, as the Sports King rolls on this Monday morning. Hi, this is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 1061. Welcome you back on hour number two. Don't forget here at Sports 106.1, it all starts bright and early. The Big Al Show, better known as Sports Phone with Big Al from 8 to 10 alongside Ben Maitland, who serves double duty. My producer, Ben, and he's also Al's producer, 8 to 10 live. Then I come on 10 to 12 live. Then we go out to Los Angeles, California to Jim Rome in the jungle in Los Angeles, and he takes over from there. And it's all day sports right here, Sports 1061. We continue our conversation with Vaughn Mansfield, formerly of Hampton University. Of course, he starred there, had a shot at the NFL, was looking promising, and then he had a life-altering accident that left him paralyzed. He came back from that. He's in graduate school. He's doing such great things now and continues to be a leader in his community. And, Vaughn, uh, let's talk about your YouTube channel. Let the folks out there listening, uh, give them the uh, address where they can uh, look you up and follow you and uh, learn more about what you do in terms of your motivational aspects and your uh, daily discussions and the things you do on your channel. Okay. Well, my um, my YouTube channel is my full name, um, Vaughn Mansfield. That's V-A-U-G-H-N-M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D. I think that's probably the easiest way to find me on YouTube. Um, and what I do is I do motivational speaking. I have spoken at a few different NFL-sponsored football camps. And I, I did that out in Houston. I've come back to Washington, D.C. and 
spoken at a few different high school um, like training camps before the seasons were started last season. And it was, it was a very good thing just to get out and speak to the fellow youth that's coming behind me and just to try to push them and let them know that there was more out there just besides football because as as a football player and you're coming up, everybody thinks and wants to do the same thing. Oh, I want to do this forever. I want to do this forever. But not knowing this, you know, like a 2% chance that you're going to have one of your teammates make it to that next level out of at least 50 to 60, if not more than 100 players on the team. Only maybe 1% to 2% is going to make it to that level. So I just try my best to speak on each and everything that I could possibly get out to the youth that is coming behind me. And on my YouTube channel, I, I speak about so many different topics, just topics and topics. And I usually do motivation on Mondays. And if it's not on a Monday, I usually will do any day coming out of a Monday between Tuesday to Thursday. So I try my best to put out as best of content as I can, as much content as I can, usually weekly. Vaughn Mansfield uh, was quoted as saying that when doctors told him about the injury, saying there were things he would never be able to do, he said, I'm doing a lot of those things now. And he said, a man will tell you that you cannot, but God will tell you you can, and God is not a man, so anything's possible. And those are some great words from Vaughn Mansfield. And, of course, started playing football at eight years of age, and he has a never-give-up attitude. He was committed to finishing school now in graduate school and he loved his time at Hampton. Can you speak in our final moments about your parents, Valerie Neal, Aaron Mansfield? Uh, they say that they're the tough demeanor that you showed throughout this entire injury and your recovery and your fight back has been so inspirational to them, uh, to you in terms of uh, uh, what you've meant to them with everything you've shown them through your tough and your grit and your determination. Can you talk about your parents and what they've meant through this experience and what they mean to you every day? Yes. So, as I said, as I was coming up as a youth, I was one of those kids that was going to make it extremely hard on my parents <laughs> because I, I did not want – I wasn't interested in learning. I was interested in going to school and having fun. And for my parents to see me make it all the way to high school and graduate with honors from high school, then graduate from college with high, with, with with honors, you know that 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 just made them too proud of me, and I mean it, it. As much as it hurt my feelings to see the things that I had to go through, much more to see my parents see me have to go through this. But by me going through it, I've done what I've always done and showed them that, you know. I have the will and I have the strength to make it through each and everything that I go through. And uh, it just puts an ease on them for them to see me 
come as far as I have come. And for me to continue to try to want more and want more and just, it it does my heart so proud to see when they are proud of me and to see them just have those smiles on their faces when I, when I, when they see me doing something new or they see that how much stronger I have gotten from going through everything that has accomplished. I mean, that has happened in my life, in my, in my previous years that have come. And so I, I just want to continue to take it to the next level and continue to show them that, you know, this fight is not over and that, you know, my, my whole life goal now is to show them that I can come back from this. And, you know, if God willing, one day he allows me the strength just to stand up for them, just to see that, that, that would, that would, that would, that would be the ultimate for me. I couldn't ask for any more than that. Folks, it's been our honor to have Vaughn Mansfield on the show today. Uh, Jason Lee, we thank you so much for helping facilitate this interview. Vaughn, uh, you can follow Vaughn on his YouTube channel at V-A-U-G-H-N-M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D. Vaughn Mansfield, please listen to this young man when you have a chance. Have your student athletes listen to him. And anybody out there looking for inspiration, you can go to his YouTube channel. Vaughn, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. I wish you continued success uh, in your goal to stand again. And, uh, you know, I'm not betting against you. Nobody else is. Anybody that knows you and uh, the research we've done on you shows the heart you have of a champion. You've done it at every level in terms of overcoming things. And everybody that may have said, hey, you're not going to be able to do this. You just keep proving people wrong. And so we are definitely hoping and praying for your recovery and that you'll you'll find the strength to do everything you're doing. And the fact you're in graduate school, you're an inspiration. We thank you for joining us today. Keep spreading the word. And of course, now more than ever to hear some great positive feedback from you and see what you've overcome and what you're doing for people. Uh, It is to be commended. And young man, I am proud of you and I wish you the very best. And I cannot thank you for joining us today on the show. Thank you so much. Vaughn Mansfield, our special guest. And, folks, once again, Vaughn Mansfield, you can go to his YouTube channel, learn more about him, an incredible story. And that's something that we're going to keep our eye on. This young man has some great things ahead of him, and we appreciate him joining us today. Uh, another college football note, we want to go through a few things, things before we go to break. Of course, the University of Mississippi Athletics Department uh, confirmed on Sunday in the college football news that nine athletes were quarantined because of close contact with a person who tested positive for the coronavirus. The athletes are quarantined at their residence in Oxford, Mississippi, for 14 days and self-monitoring for symptoms in accordance with proper medical guidelines, said Shannon Singletary, an assistant athletic director for Ole Miss. Singletary also said the athletes will not be involved in any voluntary activities until a two-week period is over and have been advised to stay away from others per recommendations. The first wave of approximately 70 Ole Miss student-athletes returned to campus on June 1st. Every student-athlete and staffer who returned to campus received a COVID-19 test and an antibody test. Uh, Since athletes have returned to campus, the athletic department has tested approximately 287 people, according to Singletary. All athletes have not returned to campus, and we do not have all employees back on campus since we are using a phased approach to reopening athletics, Singletary said. The remaining athletes will be tested 
as soon as they return to campus for their physical exams to start voluntary activities. Two members of the Ole Miss Athletics Department, one student athlete and one staff member, tested positive for COVID-19 while on campus, an athletic spokesperson uh, spokesperson confirmed to the Clarion Ledger back on June 4th. The university will isolate anyone who showcases any symptoms and conduct uh, contact tracing to see who that person has interacted with, people who have either tested positive or shown symptoms. So what's your take on this? 804-327-0888, 804-327-0888. The question here, Herm Edwards, of course, the head coach of the Arizona State, said, hey, listen, what are we going to do here? Uh, his take from a coaching perspective is I've got 150 people on my sidelines. The opposition has 150 on theirs between medical staff, personnel, trainers, team doctors. Then you've got players and you've got coaches, personnel. How do we keep them all safe? Now, of course, you got to do the antibody test. You're going to have to do continual testing leading up to game day. And my question has been, you know, if that one person happens to come in contact with somebody in a team hotel and test positive that may be a key person on that team, uh, what do you do? Do you restrict part of the hall? Do you restrict the people they're in contact with? I mean, this could have a, a terrible effect in terms of a game if, in fact, somebody were, was to catch the uh, COVID-19 the virus uh, the night before a ball game. It could wipe out an entire game, an entire situation. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. These are the things I think about in terms of how are we going to attack this the best way. I know super smart people are working around the clock trying to keep everybody safe, but you have to do the testing. You have to do the antibody testing. You have to make sure that people are quarantined. And then, of course, you have to make sure when they get their meals, the meals haven't been touched by anybody uh, outside of that bubble area we talk about to make sure everybody's safe. And then, of course, the, the doctors, maybe the team doctors that are going from the hospital working on people then come over, and a lot of them do double duty to work with the teams, and they have to be made, made sure that they're safe in case they came in contact with a patient and so forth. It is just a, so many layers to this that you have to look at and consider. But nine old Miss athletes in quarantine right now after close contact with COVID-19 for at least 14 days. So that's happening there. Ohio State, as I mentioned earlier on the show, has a situation now where they're asking all of the players coming back to sign a waiver, basically saying you're not going to take any action if you indeed catch the COVID-19 virus. So that's the situation there. And then you're looking more and more. Uh, we're even here on the political scene that some of the rallies out there, they're saying, hey, on a politics side, you're going to have to sign waivers before coming in. Is this the norm? It looks more and more like uh, the protective aspects being placed uh, on people to basically say, if you're going to come to an event, you've got to sign something off to say in the event that something happens to you that you're not going to sue and uh, very litigious society, as we know, and a lot of folks are out there. Um, you know, if they were to catch it at an event, they want to make sure that that event doesn't get any type of lawsuits. And then you wonder uh, where this is going to go on the legal side and uh, how far wide and ranging this is going to go. It's going to be uh, oh, a trial and error, to be sure. It's going to be a mess that we're going to see for some uh, foreseeable future uh, as it is right now. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Are you ready to go back? 
to an arena. Do you feel good about that? Do you feel like uh, you can do that without uh, a lot of worry? Uh, they're talking about the NBA eventually getting to that six-foot deal where, you're, let's say, the Jones family sits here, and then the Phillips family sits, of course, six feet away, and uh, maybe with masks, maybe not. You've heard different broadcasters saying, hey, you can eat a hot dog, lift your mask up, eat it, and pull your mask back down, maybe drink, drink a little beer and then uh, pull it back down. And then you look around and you see all the things on the minor league baseball side. And we'll just say here and where I'm at, uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, of course, the Fredericksburg Nationals, uh, the parent team of the uh, world champion Washington Nationals. The 2020 was to be their inaugural campaign. And when you look just at uh, from a local aspect, I mean, how devastating to that group. Uh, they've had billboards up. They've been promoting it, working hard, diligently to get things off in a 2020 start. Uh, everybody was so excited about it, and now with the virus, it looks like uh, this season is going to be a complete washout for the Nationals um, in terms of the minor league aspect, So, and also the minor league players. So many players at the major league level are now talking about pitching in and donating money. So the minor league players that are the heart of any organization, that's where you build your form systems, uh, that they're going to get some kind of money or stipend to help them through because right now they're hurting because these guys are on these bus rides making very minimal money, uh, staying in very inexpensive hotels, eating very, uh, very limited food in terms of they don't get the upper echelon uh, money or per diems that they do at the triple A level, uh, even double A level. And at the major league level, they get anything they want, but at the single A level in rookie ball, they're not in those positions. So you're looking at a situation that, it's going to be interesting to see, will it be a death knell to minor league baseball for the foreseeable future? Or are they going to work something out to try to make it a parity situation where you can funnel some money down and make sure these groups continue on? Or they're just going to cancel it out and only work on the top prospects for a while? Uh, just so many questions right now as we work through this. But uh, top of the stories uh, today, Major League Baseball still not any closer to a deal. NBA uh, says they're coming back, 22 teams, but Kyrie Irvin and some of the top guys in there saying, well, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't come back at all, and they're putting up some roadblocks. So we're wondering if uh, Adam Silver, the commissioner, is going to overcome that and say, listen, guys, we're coming back. That's going to be the way it is. And, of course, now some issues in college football with the uh, situation nine people in Ole Miss are now quarantined on that football team, and they're just starting to come back. So that's not a good sign. We're hoping for better things there. And, of course, NASCAR, UFC, so far so good. Fingers crossed they continue to do well. Of course, Denny Hamlin, uh, winner this past weekend. We're going to take a timeout, come back, close out the show. You're listening to Sports King. We've got the phone lines open, 804-327-0888. Give us a call. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose wife was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as well. The Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. 
If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Want to race the sports king? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And we welcome you back on this Monday morning. Want to thank Vaughn Mansfield, our guest in hour number two. Mike Neville in hour number one. And we are open now on the phone lines, 804-327-0888. Got about 12 minutes to get your call in. If you're interested, we'd love to hear from you. Want to let you know, uh, there is some information on this Major League Baseball front. Max Scherzer had some things to say, the outstanding three-time three time Cy Young winner for the Washington Nationals. But before I get to his comments, let me say this about Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is insisting that they will lose 600 think about this for a minute if you're an owner from the owner side $640,000 per team for every regular season game played in an empty stadium so if you're an owner and you lose 640 grand per game with no fans uh that's 40% of their revenue so think about you as a business owner if you're listening as a business owner you lose 40% of your daily take, if that's your game revenue. Uh, and the union disputes the figures, but claims it has not been given the data it needs to make a full evaluation. But that's, that is bone crushing, losing that kind of money. Earlier this week, uh, last week rather, St. Louis Cardinals owner Bill DeWitt discussed the cash flow problem among teams. He said the industry isn't very profitable, to be honest. Uh, he said on 590, the fan, which I do not agree with. But he said, I think the players understand that. They think owners are hiding profits. There's a bit of a distrust there. It's a bit of a zero-sum game. They have by far the best deal of any players in any sport. Now, while I agree with him to an extent, for him to say, we are crying the poor mouth here, we don't have any money, I think that is totally uh, not the way to go about it. I, I see their side to an extent, but not to that extent. Uh, so you're looking at different things. And Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Cubs, said that uh, I hope baseball fans understand most baseball owners don't take money out of their team. They raise all the revenue they can from tickets and media rights, and they hope to take out their expenses and they give all the money left to the GM to spend. Well, yes and no. Um, the league itself does not make a lot of cash. I think there's a perception that we hoard cash and we take money out and it's all sitting in a pile we've collected over the years. It just isn't because no one anticipated a pandemic. No one expects to have to draw down on the reserves from the past. Every team has to figure out a way to plug the hole. But you're looking at the situation here with Major League Baseball and you have to understand the money's there. They don't want to tap into the reserves. I mean, hey, uh, a lot of people don't want to do a lot of things, but right now you're in that position. And so Max Scherzer, uh, who played, uh, is among eight players on the MLB Players Association Executive Subcommittee, uh, has been very vocal talking about it on Twitter and saying after discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no need to engage with Major League Baseball and any further compensation re reductions, Scherzer said. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of a prorated salary, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based on the current information the union has received. So there's no movement there. 
Both sides have an impasse. Nobody, they need to get a professional negotiator in there. Give me a chance in that room. I'll talk about the American people and what we need and how come you guys can't get together and accept something for one year. We're not talking about a 10-year deal. This is a one-year situation. Come together for America. Let's make this for the world uh, as that is, and let's make this a better deal that everybody can have something back to cheer about. You guys can suck it up for a year. There's plenty of money there for everyone but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. Something I do want to let you know about tonight, uh, commissioners from all major U.S. sports leagues are going to participate in an ESPN panel uh, discussing all of the situations with sports as the Sports Center special return of sports featuring NFL's Roger Goodell, NBA's Adam Silver, uh, Rob Manford from Major League Baseball, NHL's Gary Bettman, WNBA's Kathy Engelbert, and Major League Soccer's Don Garber. The program is going to air from 9 to 11 also scheduled to appear, Los Angeles Angels manager Joe Madden, Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard, Baltimore Ravens defensive end Kalei Campbell, and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks Patrick Kane, Phoenix Mercury Ford Brianna Turner, and the Philadelphia Union's Alejandro Bedoya. So the deal here, and I hope uh, they take questions maybe from the public, not just from players and not just from managers. What about the American public and the world public to basically say, hey, man, why can't you guys get together? Why can't you? Rob Manford really needs to get some arrows sent his way to basically have to answer point blank why they can't get a deal. Your main job as a commissioner is the functionality of a league. You have to keep it moving, have to try to make it profitable, of course, but you have to play games. You have to find a way. Rob Manford, it's not like you haven't had months and months to try to figure this out. All of a sudden now, well, we're talking about a July startup. Uh, we can't do it. We have no way. We're at an impasse. Well, you get in a room, you negotiate, you negotiate, you close the doors, get food brought in, and we're going to sit in here. And if I'm the commissioner, I'm telling you this right now. I look around the room and I'll say, damn it. Every one of you in this room has everything to lose. We lose the public. We lose the game. So bottom line is this. You're going to give. You're going to give. We're going to sit in here, and we're going to go back and forth until we come up with numbers that you guys can live with. We're going to leave this room, and then we're going to announce that we're coming back in baseball. We're going to get that done. That's my take. For whatever reason, it's like, eh, let's throw something out there. No, they don't want it. Throw You throw something out. No, you don't want it. Okay, let's go back with the Mamby Pamby stuff and say, you know, let's keep knocking the tennis ball over the net and let's let time go on. And before you know it, you're deeper in the season. And then guess what? There's no baseball because two sides cannot get together. And this falls right on the shoulders of Rob Manford, who doesn't have what it takes to get a deal done. Uh, OK, you can say, hey, well, it's the players or it's the ownership. It's the representatives. But it comes down to Rob Manford's leadership, folks. Let's make this very clear. Rob Manford as the leader. Adam Silver will get these guys in there. I'm promising you that. He is a negotiator. He's going to get those teams together in the safest manner possible. Roger Goodell is going on record saying he's going to do it. And I believe both of those guys will do it. Gary Bettman's working it out now, bringing players back. He's got a plan. The only one you circle is Rob Manford. And I don't know Rob Manford personally, but I do know this. From what I've seen, it's abysmal. No leadership. I, I see him just letting guys go back and forth without exerting himself in and saying, look, this is it. It's enough. Today, by the end of day, I don't care if we start at 6 a.m. and end at midnight, whatever how long it's going to take, we're getting a deal done and or maybe give a 48-hour or 72-hour deal and say, by the end of this time, 
I'm coming out of here with a deal. And that's what a commissioner that is definitely uh, proactive does, somebody that gets something done. Rob Manford right now just kind of throwing it up in the air, and it's a wish sandwich, basically. Throw it up in the air, hope it happens. Hope is not a strategy. I've always said that. Wishing is not the strategy. You have to have definitive talks to get something done. And right now, it seems like both sides are like, well, you don't want it. Okay, you don't want it. You don't like this. You don't like There's going to be everything that both sides are going to like. Some things both sides are not going to like. We know that. What do they like? What can they live with in a prorated situation? What can they work with in a shortened situation? We know it's not going to be a full 162 games. Okay, you got that. So how many games can you live with? How many games can we work out? How many teams need so many games? How many teams need so many weeks of practice? What can we do? What are the deadlines? What are the drop dead deadlines? What are the money aspects? What can we do? And let's check off each box and go down until you get an answer. And if it's like uh, Blake Snell said from Tampa Bay, I got to get mine. If I don't get all mine, I'm not playing. Well, guess what, Blake? You may not play because you're not getting all of yours. If you don't give to the ownership groups, you're not going to get. And the ownership groups who are saying they're losing uh, all those hundreds of thousands per game, they evidently are not willing to give everything their side. So both sides have to give, and right now neither side wants to or is amenable to doing so. And then the head of the group, Rod Manford, is basically saying, me? What do you want me to do? It's kind of like, what can I do? I'm only the commissioner. You're the commissioner. Drop the hammer. Bring the hammer down and we'll get baseball back. Now, it's not that simple, we know, but he's got to exert himself in this. Adam Silver has, Roger Goodell has. You think that billion-plus dollar shield of Roger Goodell is going to stop playing football, if at all possible? No way, shape, or form. Roger Goodell is working overtime to get this thing done for the safety of everyone and to make sure that there's going to be some football. He's going on record saying there's going to be football. If there's a way to get it done, Roger Goodell is going to get it done. And, of course, all those owners that pay him uh, one of the highest salaries ever as a commissioner, expect this to be done. So if you don't think Roger Goodell's putting overtime in it, you're fooling yourself. He's getting it done whether you like him or not. I know he takes a lot of arrows, gets booed on draft day, but Roger Goodell is working that shield out to make sure that that money is going to be flowing and that league's going to continue on despite this coronavirus. Adam Silver, the same way, he learned from David Stern one thing, and that is you keep the train rolling. You don't stop success. Uh, of course, uh, David Stern built the league into what it is, the billion-dollar franchises and a billion-dollar success of the NBA. He doesn't want to see that stop. And his edict to Adam Silver, when he learned, Adam Silver learned from Adam Stern, uh, David Stern rather, was to make sure you keep the product going, you keep it growing internationally, of course, throughout the United States, but you make sure that no matter what, you find solutions to the problem to keep it going Evidently, Rob Manford never learned anything from anybody because right now, Major League Baseball is the biggest mess of anything. And right now, if you ask me on this date, the 15th of June, if there'll be baseball, I would say absolutely not. Just based on what I see. Just nothing. Impasse City. That's where we're at in terms of Major League Baseball. Well, that's going to wrap her up on a big Monday here. We want to thank Mike Neville, his unique take from MHN Productions. He joined us earlier at hour number one. Vaughn Mansfield, our special guest, the young man who suffered a career-ending injury, uh, who 
absolutely has battled back from so much. Give him a listen on his uh, YouTube. Uh, you can also see him there on YouTube. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel. Vaughn Mansfield is his name. Look him up, and you'll get some inspiration from him. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today, Sports King Nation. I want to thank my man, Ben Maitland, of course, behind the glass for both Big Al and me doing double duty. Great job, as always. And I want to thank you most of all for joining us both on Facebook Live and Sports 106.1. For Ben, I'm Jamie. Have a great day. Be kind to one another. We'll see you back here for the Tuesday edition of the Sports King. Have an enjoyable afternoon. Thank you so much.